It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. thousand years ago, he walked this earth, teaching, guiding, loving, and preparing to make the ultimate sacrifice. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whomever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. What if today you could talk to him? Laugh with him, cry with him, not only through prayer, but through the radio. You are listening to The Jesus Christ Show. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. And now, here's our host, Jesus Christ. Are you ready? show i am your holy host happy to be with you this sunday as i am every single sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife although it may be said that all love has romance i assure you all romance does not have love every year in the united states and beyond As February 14th, Valentine's Day, people's minds turn to all things love and romance. But don't be confused, as they are not synonymous, as many people think. Romance can be defined as as an intense, often short-lived attraction, fascination, or some sort of enthusiasm for something or someone. Usually, this romantic attraction is based on some some outer quality, some outside quality that is mysterious or fascinating, that, that grabs your attention, like something that, that appears 
adventurous or unusually beautiful or heroic in some way, shape, or form. And it makes you – it takes your eyes off of other things, focusing them upon this and feeling those romantic kind of intense feelings. And this type of romance is temporary. It's rooted in, in fantasy mostly, never growing past the level of infatuation. It stays at that level of what could be or what it might be or some sort of feeling that this is like a movie or some love story. It's like a, a romance novel, that concept of being swept away in some sort of perfection. But life is not life that like that at all. If real love was was only romance, relationships would never really have a chance at all. They would be be cursed to remain superficial at best. Yet around this time, as you and others think about Valentine's Day, you get wrapped up in the, the synthetic nature of love, that, that very superficial part. It becomes uh, almost like the, the emotional Christmas. You know those people in your life and maybe this is you, that don't go to church at all, and then around Christmas or Easter, they'll go. It's Valentine's Day can be like that as well. You don't put in the time. You don't really show your love. It's like, oh, well, you know, all I have to do is get expensive flowers or do something that shows my love in a big way just this one time. That should cover it for a little while. I know, man, you were like that quite a bit, where you will tend to throw money at Valentine's Day instead of really putting in the time, uh, the, real, the real time in a relationship. So all this romance stays on that synthetic, very superficial level, never growing very deep at all. And your, your love has to be more than a greeting card's sappy notions. Your love has to be more than a feeling. And your love has to be even more than just an action. It has to be more than that, deeper than that. In this time of the year, it's very, very easy to get lost in those romantic notions and not really see where romance should be a natural offspring of true love. Sometimes romance is used to kind of cover up the deficiencies in a relationship, the problems that everybody knows exist but nobody wants to talk about. If you get lost in it that way, then you never really see what the relationship needs and how it can benefit from, from some intense honesty, and time. Money is a commodity you can make more of. So if you pass that along to somebody or you just dump money into a situation that doesn't really show everything that you have, time is the only commodity in your life that you cannot make more of. So giving of your time, truly giving of your time, that shows Real love and intensity. 
So it has to be more than a feeling. Real love has to be uh, more than just an action. Scripture says love is more than a feeling or an action. It is a lifetime of actions. This, this state of a total and complete unselfishness toward one another. In one word, love is sacrifice. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. This verse certainly means being willing to give one's life for another is the the ultimate, the, the height of unselfish love and sacrifice. But God also says that you can and you should be a living sacrifice. Ongoing, Romans 12, 1, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Getting in that mindset of wanting to give and give totally is hard to do. And the reason it is is that essentially you desire as a human to be selfish. The enemy wants you to be in that mindset to only be thinking about yourself. And if you get lost in this selfish attitude thinking only about your needs, only about your wants, then you can't ever give or receive true love because it only is about you. It becomes only about what you want, only about what you need. And you lose sight of the other person. Sometimes in if you've been to camp as a, as a young kid or you've seen uh, been to a camp for maybe your children, Sometimes they do these experiments that teach about the importance of needing other people in their lives. And one of them is the chair, the sitting circle, the human chair circle. And that's where you get, uh, oh, six, eight, ten people. And they stand in a circle facing the backs of the other person and making a, a circle. And they all sit down at the same time. And what ends up happening is the knees of the person behind you become your seat. And really the only way this works is if everyone does it. If somebody stays, remains standing, there is no seat for the person in front of them and the circle fails. Everyone has to participate. Now, that's with many people, but imagine this in a relationship. The only way the two of you can really get what you need is if you focus on your partner totally and they focus on you totally and that between the two of you, everyone gets taken care of. If you only focus on yourself, you're like that, that guy that remains standing, that, that child in the, in the chair circle that remains standing and the person in front has no chair to sit down. Imagine, if you will, leaning completely and totally on one another and how in that state everyone gets covered because you're relying on one another totally, taking care of one another totally. 
It's when something breaks that that harmony, when you feel like you're not being fulfilled or um, you feel like you're not being taken care of, that you break out of that and it's kind of an every person for themselves type attitude. The ball gets dropped and somebody will end up losing in that. True love thinks about everyone but itself. True love isn't selfish. It isn't rigid and locked in its own ways. True love, by by very definition, has to be adaptable, ready, willing, and able to adjust to the needs of others. The Jesus Christ Show will return in a moment. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. Happy to be with you this Sunday, as I am every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave. I'd love to hear from you today uh, with your theology question, dealing with God, religion, spirituality, worldviews, the Bible. Or if you're going through something in life, we call them life situations. I'd love to talk to you as well. Anywhere in the U.S. of A, dial 877 Holy Host, numerically that's 877-465-9467. And also check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com. Notes um, from our discussion today will be uh, on the website. Also, there's uh, resources for you to check out to do your own studying. So uh, when you get a moment, uh, please check that out at thejesuschristshow.com. With Valentine's Day... You can't help but be in that that love mindset, that romance mindset. But it's important that you see the two as completely different. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply things. And that doesn't mean that they don't play a part somewhere with one another, but they certainly are not synonymous. And it seems that around this time, uh, more and more uh, people try and force them into to be the same thing. And that, that doesn't mean that uh, love doesn't have romance in it, but not all romance has love. And when you, you twist them together and assume that they're the same thing or assume that they, they, they are a part of uh, each other always, you can get a very skewed perception of what love is. And romantic attraction, those types of things can be based on a lot of superficial, a lot of appearance type things. What I want you to know is that real love is about sacrifice. It's about giving things up, not only not gaining them. What you do gain is in a relationship is a true partner, and that's important. But it's uh, there's more to it than just those things. True love genuinely thinks about everyone but itself. True love, by definition, cannot be selfish or that kind of rigidity that comes with someone that only wants what they want and don't care about anyone else and what they, they want or uh, need or think about. It can't be rigid. It can't be locked in its own ways. It has to be adaptable. True love must be able to uh, be ready to adapt to the needs of those around them, willing and able to adjust to the needs of those that are around them. Many times in Scripture, it refers to someone who can't receive God's love as someone who has hardened their heart. Now, you've probably seen it in your life as well when someone is so rigid, so hardened, so focused on themselves, they can't truly love someone else. And maybe you're the one that falls into this category. You get to that place where it's so much about you and the way you want things that there's no way to be pliable, to adapt to the needs of those around you. That's not love at all. Love won't ever find its way into the, that tightly woven selfishness. There's no place for it because the only room in a place that cramped is a room for I, not room for we. The Jesus Christ Show will return in a moment. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. Go, go away. 
do do what you will I see you again on a sunnier day and I know I'll love you still and I Happy to be with you this Sunday, as I am every single Sunday, right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I'd love to hear from you. I encourage you to go to the phone. We'll take some calls coming up in just a little bit. That if you have a theology question dealing with God, religion, spirituality, worldviews, the Bible, or if you're going through something in life, we call them life situations because, believe it or not, although it doesn't seem like it when you're in them, they do change. If things can go from good to bad, they can go from bad to good. And I'd love to talk to you if uh, if you're going through those things or if you have a theology question. So go to the phone. Anywhere in the U.S. of A, dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Also, check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com, where you can find uh, notes from today. They'll be up in... Oh, about 35 minutes or so. You'll be able to find them on our website uh, from our discussion today. And also, uh, you'll be able to find all kinds of resources if you want to do some studying on your own, which we encourage. Um, There's some fun stuff on there that Neil puts on there from time to time. Also, uh, producer Neil put up a video. Uh, Check that out uh, at thejesuschristshow.com. So don't confuse love with romance. I know that uh, right now the key thing all over the place on television, you know, commercials, you go to the grocery store, the, the, the aisles seem to turn to pink and red and white, these colors of, of Valentine's Day, and the focus gets tied into love but also romance. And they are two very different things. It's very easy to get wrapped up in the romance part thinking that it's just about the feelings and guys pull their hair hair out trying to do something that will show their their wife that they care or their girlfriend that they care and 
women, you do the same thing. You're going crazy trying to show uh, for this one day as if all the pressure of the relationship really comes down to one day of so-called romance. But if real love was was only romance, relationships would never really have a chance. They would be cursed to remain superficial at the very best because romance is kind of this short-lived attraction, this intensity, this fascination or excitement for, for, for something or someone. But it's, it tends to always be based on this kind of outer shell of, of something going on or a person or a perception of what you think someone is. Oh, they seem very adventurous or, oh, they, they seem so strong or heroic or very kind or they seem uh, – there's something about their beauty that is so different. It's compelling. But that's not based in reality. You have, to, you have to check and see what these emotions are tied to. They can't be just subjective. You have to be objective in them. Producer Neil often uh, jokes around with me about when he falls in love that the feelings he gets are similar to seasick. You know, when he's, being, when he's seasick, he might get sweaty, hands, a little clammy, and a little quiver in his stomach. And when he, he fell in love with his wife... You know, he had the same feelings, but you don't want to combine them and think that they're the exact same thing. You have to put them against the backdrop of reality to see if it's seasickness or possibly an illness or it's love. It's got love has to be more than just a feeling. It has to be more than that. It's got to be more than just a greeting card with really nice things written in it. Your love has to be even more than an action. Scripture says that love... Uh, it's a lifetime of actions. You have to be unselfish. You have to sacrifice. If you read scripture and you see people that have just hardened their hearts to things, these are the type of people that can't love. They squeeze only enough room in their life for themselves and themselves alone, their wants, their desires only. That's selfishness. There is no place for anyone else in that kind of scenario. You need to ask yourself, do you look for the needs of others or are you constantly thinking about yourself and yourself alone? Selfishness is one of the most destructive concoctions of the enemy. Like a, like a horse with blinders on. Selfishness can make you oblivious to anything that isn't just right in front of you or only about you. When people are looking for mates, unfortunately, they often only look for their side of things, what they're going to get out of the relationship, what they'll get from the other person and not what they can give to the other person. It's easy to let fantasies run wild with uh, thoughts of your partner who will follow you everywhere, doing everything you want to do, listening to everything you say, enjoying everything you enjoy. You know how often I hear people get excited about the possibility of getting in a relationship, say, oh, I can't wait for them to go and do this or go and do that, assuming that 
they're going to only want to do what you want to do. It's like saying, I, I can't wait till uh, my child is old enough to be able to grab the remote for me when I can't find it or it's too far for me to get up and grab it. How silly that is to think that that's what a person whittles down to as being somebody who's there only to take pictures of you rather than to be in it with you. A true relationship isn't looking for a passenger in your life, but a partner in the adventure. Now, men, you're, you're not always good with this. You oftentimes make the woman the adventure. But the woman is not the adventure. The woman is a fellow adventurer. Wanting to be alongside you to be a part of the adventure, not uh, something that you're meant to conquer. And everything tells you, oh, well, you, this is what you're shooting for. No, what you're looking for is not climbing a mountain. You're looking for a partner, a true helpmate, as Scripture says, somebody who will uh, be with you and you with them. Don't get lost in those fantasies about how life is going to be so great now that somebody's there to watch you do everything. That's not a partnership at all. Not looking for that passenger, but the partner. Now, I don't want you to be a welcome mat either, only to be walked on by others. When I say that I want you to be a giver and want you to be selfless and sacrificing to those who you love and to your partner, what I'm saying is that I want you to give 100% of yourself. I hope you wouldn't give 100% of yourself to somebody who's not worthy of it. That is a, that's a, a, a mixed mismatch in a totally different direction. I don't want you to, to constantly be giving yourself to someone who, one, doesn't appreciate you, and two, is taking advantage of it. That's not godly. That doesn't uh, promote health and uh, a good, honest relationship. That doesn't promote love. So don't, don't take my words wrong thinking that I want you to be this doormat that somebody abuses. What I want from you is to find someone that you feel totally comfortable with. I hear people criticize the church all the time when it comes to giving money. Oh, well, the church asked for money, this, or I don't feel comfortable giving my church money or that much money when they request it. And I've always thought it strange that you would trust a church with your spiritual health, but you wouldn't trust them with your finances or your wallet. So if you can't trust a church to use money that you give them wisely, then get out. Why would you ever be a part of that and take the spirituality? And in a relationship, it's the same way. If you can't trust your partner to be someone who will enjoy and respect all that you give them rather than abuse it or take advantage of it, if, if you can't find a partner like that, that that respects it and appreciates it, then why would you want to be with them at all? If you're thinking for one moment, well, if I did that, they're, they're only going to take advantage. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. 
At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Manage or uh, then, then I don't know if they're going to come back and do things for me and then I'm going to be left out. Then, oh, you're thinking about it all wrong and this is the wrong person for you. You should be freely giving, knowing that you will receive by the very nature of a healthy relationship. It's about seeking to take care of someone else's needs, trusting they will take care of yours. That is partnership. A great match is finding someone who will be selflessly looking out only for you as you too are selflessly looking out only for them. You've got their back and they've got yours. Even with all these things being said, and even if you are dedicated, even if you are hardworking, it can be a struggle to be in a good relationship, even a healthy one, and to really apply love in your life. But remind yourself each day that it is about your partner, that it's about them and giving your life to them and dedicating yourself to them in a loving and healthy and godly way. And your love will grow. If you don't do these things, if you reject giving yourself in that way, if you reject giving all who you are, then it will never come back in return either. There will never be a true bond and a healthy experience that's focused on love, not romance, not uh, some greeting card, but true, deep, and honest love. The Jesus Christ Show will return in a moment. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. so sweet that I repeat 
means I adore you. Mmm, and almost, almost, my love. Would you deny this heart that I have placed before you? It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. We're going to be taking calls in just a little bit here and I'd love uh, I'd love to hear from you if you have a theology question dealing with God, religion, spirituality, worldviews, the Bible, or if there's uh, something going on in your life, we call them life situations, I'd love to hear from you as well. Anywhere in the U.S. of A, dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. And remember to check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com. You'll be able to find notes uh, from our discussion today on Real Love versus Romance. They'll be up there probably within the next uh, 10 minutes or so. So if you get a moment, check that out at thejesuschristshow.com. You can also follow us on Twitter there at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. So it could be said that all love has romance, but not all romance has love. And Valentine's Day obviously brings these things up as people get excited to show their love to one another and get wrapped up in romance. But romance often is just superficial. It's just on the surface there. And people forget that love is about sacrifice. If you had to whittle it down to one word, it absolutely is sacrifice. John fifteen thirteen says, Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Now that, that verse definitely is looking at uh, the ultimate giving of something, the ultimate sacrifice. But in addition to that, God calls you to be a living sacrifice, so daily finding ways to do things for your loved one, daily find ways to giving of giving yourself to your partner, and they giving themselves to you. Paul says in Romans 13, 10, love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. This means that there are rules to abide by in love, not just romance. You mustn't think of love as just that emotional, romantic response you feel towards someone. How sad when, when the incredible depth of true love is somehow reduced, whittled down to the shallow, shallow feeling of you know, sweaty palms or your, your heart feeling as if it skipped a beat. I know much of that can be wonderful to feel, but only when it's birthed from real love. Love comes from fulfilling the rules and laws in a relationship. It's about connecting in a practical way, finding things to do for each other. You'll, you'll get absolutely lost if you're looking for these liver quivers or warm, fuzzy feelings. You get back to, to taking care of the practical needs of a healthy relationship. The emotions absolutely follow. Scripture is God's love letter to mankind. The most amazing Valentine card ever written and its pages. It has the description of the ultimate act of love, the ultimate act of sacrifice, and also God's blueprints for true love and true romance. And although I, I if you've ever been to a Christian wedding, you've probably hear these words over and over in your head because you've heard them so much. But please hear them today with a fresh 
pair of ears and take them to heart in a new way. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7, and I'll add verse 13 as well to that. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Verse 13, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So, I ask you this. What is your love made of? Surface romance or real romance rooted in unselfish sacrifice? Is it all about what you want to get from someone else? Or is it all about what you want to give? The Jesus Christ Show will return in a moment. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. Your own personal Jesus. Someone to hear your prayers. Someone who cares. Your own personal Jesus Someone to hear your prayers Someone who's there Feeling unknown and you're all alone Flesh and bone by the telephone Lift up the receiver, I'll make you a believer. years ago, he walked this earth, teaching, guiding, loving, and preparing to make the ultimate sacrifice. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whomever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. What if today you could talk to him, laugh with him? Cry with him, not only through prayer, but through the radio. You are listening to The Jesus Christ Show. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. And now, here's our host, Jesus Christ. Are you ready?
It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday. Right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I'd love to hear from you. I encourage you to go to the phone with your theology question or life situation. Anywhere in the U.S. of A, dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. You can check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, for more information and all kinds of things there. And you can follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. Joe, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Jesus, uh, you're my spiritual champion. Uh, I claim your lordship. I want to tell you that my pastor is delivering a sermon today entitled uh, Repenting for Forgiveness. He asked me specifically well, if I had any input to his sermon, and mm-hmm. I said this, and, and need your confirmation. Mm-hmm. said that, uh, wait a minute, uh, our past, present, and future sins are forgiven. Mm-hmm. It's scriptural. The only reason why you need to go to Jesus, to yourself, is that you're ashamed, and you've, you've hurt. You're hurt as a result of me nailing my, uh, putting the nail in your hand. Tell me what you think about my theology. Is it, 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 is it Jesus-based? Well, are you saying that, that uh, it, if you're saying this, it's correct. If you're saying that, that the sins are forgiven— in heaven, but there's consequences still. The the stuff you've done to your body, if you took drugs or if you did things, those there's still ramifications. You continue to go for the purification. There's three okay. things kind of going on. You have uh, salvation, which is what you define by the sins being forgiven. Uh, there's purification and there's sanctification. There's uh, all these aspects to it that are important to the process. If you remember in Scripture, it says, "I am the author and the finisher of your faith." So uh, I'm active in it, that I'm part- participating in your faith and the process of your faith every day. And in this case, I think if that's what you're saying, you're absolutely right. There's there's the sins that are forgiven, but there's still the ramifications. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On earth, of those sins that need to be dealt with, and their sanctification, the process of keeping you from sin, uh, and more sin, regardless of it being forgiven. Because it's not just a... You know, get out of jail free card, uh, everyone go and sin uh, type process. It's you actively not only knowing that your sins are forgiven, but not wanting to participate them in them anymore. And wow, your wisdom is, <laughs> your wisdom revealed is a blessing. I want to say, though, that I know about earthly consequences, but as we as I stand before you, uh, even though I've sinned, I'm uh, how many times have people sinned since uh, you were on the cross, Jesus? Well, of course, all, all the all, yeah, all all of the sins are are forgiven. It, it says in Scripture, uh, past sins, future sins, all sins. Yeah, 
Uh, that's what I believe. I can't wait to hear my pastor's sermon today, especially with your wisdom. Uh, I thank you so much that uh, that you're on the air. Well, you're welcome, Joan. Thanks for calling, and it sounds like it's going to be a good one. The 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 process of forgiving sin, uh, and uh, is a lot of times people it's hard to grasp because like forgiveness, even when you forgive uh, someone on earth, usually there's some you know sort of you know, catch to it. So to think of a God that loves you so much that when you uh, repent from these things, and the process of repentance is something that continues as well, that when you're forgiven, that it is for all time. You've got to understand, when I was on the cross, I was dying for the sins that, that you didn't even do yet, that you were going to do, and that you will do. So it's for all future sins as well. But the process on earth is not only the forgiveness, that's for heaven. A lot of people get the two tied together and say, well, gosh, you know, I'm experiencing these things. It's like uh, death when it talks about uh, in Genesis where it says, and if you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. It wasn't talking about a physical death. Obviously, they didn't die. It was talking about a spiritual death. Well, likewise, your sins are forgiven in heaven with God, and there will not be the the righteous repercussions of that, which is, of course, uh, spiritual death or eternal damnation. There won't be those consequences, but there still are consequences on earth that you have to participate in. And I think that was very insightful, Joe, for you to, for you to understand the difference and to, um, to process that. Sybil, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hello, Jesus. Hi, Sybil. You know, Jesus, I've been struggling. Oh, you welcome to the big community of strugglers. There's a lot of people in the same boat right now. So yes. what what are your struggles? Sybil? My struggle is um well, I well, I'm my my mother's legal guardian mm-hmm. and I have to have, you know, make a lot of major de- decisions for her, you know, in case, you know, when she expires. Mhm. And, you know, we can call I, it graduating when she graduates, right? Pardon me? When she graduates? Yeah, when she graduates. Yeah, there you go. Pardon me, Jesus. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, when she graduates, okay. And and my, my struggle is you know, the whole cremation bit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I don't have, you know, funerals are very expensive. I know. You know, and then the whole cre- cremation. I'm just torn because, you know, I've been raised in a Christian Christian's church, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then Scripture said, I, I, please forgive me, Jesus, because mm-hmm. I'm a baby Christian, okay. you know. I don't really know Scripture that well. But um, I, was, I was told, and I read somewhere in the Holy Bible, that when you come back, um, that, that, you know, that spirits will go into... There will be a resurrection. A resurrection, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and then, you know, the bodies will come up, correct? Jesus? Yeah, well... But, but how would that be in, in, in the case if I cremate, cremate, cremate my mother? Okay, well, let's uh-huh. look at this. There's, uh, first, um, Bless your heart, and and the fact that this is gonna this is gonna fall on you, and it's it's never gonna be fun for somebody to uh, bury or cremate or deal with the the loss on the earth of family members. Um, keep in mind that even in a in a, a humble economy or limited finances, that anything you do with the purity of heart 
uh, honoring the the life of your mother on earth and glorifying God is going to be fine. Don't let funeral homes, don't let anybody talk you into or make you feel guilty for the simplicity of, uh, uh, you know, uh, a wake or a funeral or anything you might be doing as a memorial. So um, first, having said that, uh, you've heard in Scripture the term ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Yeah. Um, the truth of the matter is the body's going to decompose. So regardless, it's going to become ash and dust eventually, regardless. So people get caught up in the technicality as if God cannot uh, reconstruct the human form when God created the human form to begin with. So there, it's not like God's going to uh, make a decision, not getting into the theology of, of everything, but God's going to make a decision to raise people and go, oh boy, I can't, I can't raise this one because they were cremated. That's, that's not going to happen. Now, our Jewish brothers and sisters have a different bent on this, but as a Christian, um, you can feel uh, comfort knowing that cremation is not going to change the, the, your mother's experience uh, with God the Father, with me, with, with the Holy Spirit, with any of those things. So to be uh, comforted by the fact that absolutely you can cremate your mother if that is her wishes, your wishes, the family's wishes— and uh, make that decision in peace, knowing that God is not going to be foiled. God is not going to be tripped up by the process of cremation, because ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and out of the dust and the dirt of the ground, Adam was created. So there is no worry there. Don't get lost. And I really appreciate that uh, as a baby Christian that that you're listening to the program, and I uh, hope you continue to do so. Thanks for calling, Simmel. The Jesus Christ Show will return in a moment. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. The Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here. 
answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you uh, to go to the phone with your theology question dealing with God, religion, spirituality, worldviews, the Bible. Or if you're going through something in life, we call them life situations. I'd love to hear from you as well. Just call 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. And check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com. Chris, welcome to The Jesus Christ Show. Hi, Jesus. How are you? Um, I'm well, thanks. I um, sort of have a weird, somewhat esoteric question. Okay. Um, I'll give you a weird, esoteric answer. Okay, great. Um, well, like, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I haven't totally bought into the whole um, idea of, or the whole theory of evolution. I think a lot of it's true. I think some of the finer points are we're missing something there. Okay. But, but I mean, we have um, um, a, a record, an archaeological record um, of other hominids, other you know, before Homo sapiens um, existed, and. And I guess, well, actually, I guess whether we, whether we as Homo sapiens are related to those other species or not, I guess it really doesn't matter. But I'm wondering why it was that, I mean, humans in our present form, we existed for, we've, we've been around for a while. And I, I can't figure out why it is that God chose to send his uh, earthly uh emissary or his earthly liaison in the, in your in the form of you mm-hmm. when when he did like humans have been around before that so sure. why why was it that that he sent you when he did okay it, the 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 simple simple answer is because it was the perfect timing for god so that that answers it but that's not going to satisfy you so let's uh open it up a little bit uh there was a process of necessity. If you go through Scripture and you read through what Christians refer to as the Old Testament, um, you find that there is uh, a lot that's going on and a lot of times that God said, okay, do this, and humanity did not do that. That process of falling down, standing up and falling down, is important uh, to get to a point where uh, the reception of the Messiah uh, or a, a, the Jews referred to me as the Mashiach, if that if to get to that point where that was seen as necessary and beneficial and not just political. The, the division between uh, our Jewish brothers and sisters and those that followed me and those that did not really dealt with how they perceived the Messiah to be. Is this someone who's going to be a political leader um, or lead us into battle or these types of things? Or is this someone that's going to bring salvation in the uh, form of heaven? So there was a lot to, to understand first— um, it's, you know, like saying, well, why does a child walk at, you know, this age or talk at this age rather than when they're out of the womb? There's a process of understanding first for humanity to know what they've done and where they're at in life to even think that they might need salvation. And secondly, um, so that's why it came late uh, by some people's uh, definition, calculating how long life or humans had been on Earth. And then some people will reverse the question and say, how come you came so early now that there's television and satellite and all of these things? Why not come in a technological age where other people can see you and know and there wouldn't – the faith wouldn't be involved? 
all these things in both directions, both the time where you had to allow people to fall and understand the brokenness and the lack of a bridge between them and God was important, and also the placement uh, in history to deal with faith and to not be caught up, not be so easily consumed was important as well. So in uh, for both those purposes, you'll find that it lands perfectly in a place that uh, it was at a time where the the need was known, perceived, and uh, you know executed, uh, and that also not too uh, late to where it was. There is no faith involved, and everybody can just turn on the TV and say, "Well, this is God." The Jesus Christ Show will return in a moment. To be a part of the show, call eight seven seven Holy Host. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday, like I am every single Sunday right here. Same time, same place, answering your questions and talking about the things that really matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to go to the phone with your theology question, dealing with God, religion, spirituality, worldviews, the Bible. Or if you're going through something, we call them life situations. I'd love to hear from you about that as well. Anywhere in the U.S. of A, dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. And check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com. You can find uh, notes from our earlier discussion, as well as a, a video producer Neil put up that he wanted you to see. And also follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show. Jesus Show. Charity, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. 
Hello, Jesus. Hi. My question is, I knew a child that was born at 23 weeks gestation, and from the time she was born till she died when she was eight years old, she was in a vegetative state. Mm-hmm. And I was w- wondering, do babies like that, or you know, even small babies, do they go to heaven, or how does that work? Well, there are different theological schools, but the majority of schools of thought would be, yes, that, that child would go to heaven. And there, people get caught up in uh, certain parts of theology thinking, well, the baby has to do this or the baby has to do that. And really, um, there, in addition to babies, there are people with limited mental capacity um, right. that don't have the ability to choose things or understand things the same way uh, an adult, a young adult, or even a, a you know an eight-year-old, ten-year-old child would. So, well, I've heard sometime um, over the course of my life, I've heard that if the parents are saved, then the the child does, and if the parents aren't aren't saved, then they don't. So, well, I think I've that's always, that's kind I, of forcing heard that they do. So, that's kind of forcing a a theological pickle between you know the the parents and their child. Uh, if you remember in scripture, throughout scripture, there's times where children are running at my feet um, while I'm talking, and the religious leaders of the day. And some of the people that were listening to me speak would just go crazy. They would start screaming at the children. If you remember, I would stop them and say, don't harm these children. Heaven is filled with such as these. Uh, so referring to the child likeness of, uh, of a child being important to understanding and being in heaven and liken the two quite often, really. So um, – it's uh, there's a theological uh, arguments that go back and forth about a child coming to the age of understanding and knowing the difference between good and evil and right and wrong and these types of things. And prior to that, that the child is under the care and uh, of God. So uh, there's no reason to believe that a child would not go to heaven. Um, uh, a, a young child would not go to heaven uh, because people get caught up in certain theological things rather than the big picture, which is uh, it's not just about uh, acceptance. It's about rejection of okay. of the gospel. And the child's not even capable or old enough to reject the gospel. So they're, right. they're, 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 they're categorizing and, and them. They don't know right from wrong. Mm-mm. I don't you know, vegetative state baby. Yes, not to mention a small child. A small child only knows uh, instinct and desire. It's the purpose of the adult and the parent to teach the child right and wrong and yes and no and how it applies. That's why children go no all the time or mine, and they, they, you know, process uh, very selfish uh, emotions and the like. Uh, This gives the opportunity to teach them. And to raise them in the way that they should go. And that's important as well. So uh, it is a process when you're dealing with children. And uh, Charity, to be at peace in such a horrible situation where a child passes is the best place to be. Uh, Theologians will go back and forth and scholars will go back and forth. um, But ultimately you have to trust that God will sort these types of things out, these very weighty, heavy, uh, sad situations out. And people get caught up in the theological jot and tittle, each little, each little, uh, you know, dot of the I and cross of the T, and saying, "Well, no, there's no way because they didn't accept Christ, but they didn't reject either. They weren't at a place where they could 
uh, accept or reject. Whereas an adult, if you don't accept, it is a process of rejection. It wouldn't be that way uh, if you were a baby. Uh, theology is very important. Uh, this this show thrives on being able to answer uh, theological questions. It's an imperative part of your humanity. It is very easy for you to get to a point where uh, where you will reject uh, things based on, well, this is the way I was raised or what have you. But you need to build your worldview. That's why we're here every Sunday, is to help answer the questions that are going to build your worldview so that all of the decisions that you make in life will stem from that worldview. And that will uh, uh, strengthen and uh, propel everything else in your life. So theology is important. What I don't want, and and it really will show you, you know, who you should be around and who you shouldn't, because bad theology or bad doctrine is something you should run from. What I don't want you to become is machines that that reject certain experiences or understandings, uh, trying to find the theological, you know, pinpoint. Because not everything has that. We've talked on the air about how uh, there's nothing in Scripture that says that you shouldn't chew glass, but that's not a healthy thing. The idea is in there, but the theology, uh, you might have to dig around to find the specific understanding of that, you know, that you shouldn't hurt your body, that your body is your temple, all these things coming together might give you a conclusion. So when I say that theology is important, it is important to de- uh, absolutely to define who you are and your faith uh, in Christ. Absolutely. But not everything's going to give you the clear-cut answer that you might want. And there's going to be things. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says that the secret things belong to the Lord. And you need to trust in that, that there's going to be certain things that you're not going to know or understand. And you're going to, uh, you're going to have to allow God, trust in God, to make the decisions uh, as they will be best suited uh, for justice and righteousness and all of those things. So when you study... Know that you're studying to show yourself approved. You're studying to build up your ability to make decisions about all the other things that go on in the world, everything else that's happening in your life, um, from the small to the large. But that it shouldn't it shouldn't be uh, a point where you're praying over whether you should eat a you know grilled cheese sandwich or PB and J with a crust cut off. That once you start getting down to the minutia, um, it becomes you know, overbearing and will outweigh your spirituality and your true faith. And when it comes to things where there's a question mark, where you're not quite sure or you're not sure uh, what uh, God would do or if that is, uh, if if the path you're on is right, you know, trust if it's not clear uh, black or white that the, uh, that it will continue to, you know, veil itself and unveil itself to you as the process continues. Kenneth, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Uh, hi, Jesus. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. How can I help you? Uh, well, me and my brother debate uh, sometimes. Uh, he's an atheist, and mm-hmm. he always comes up with this question, and I don't know what to tell him, and it bothers me, too. Um, he asked me, um, well, he goes... Uh, why would Jesus or God tempt uh, Adam with the tree? And if 
And if God is omniscient and all-knowing and, and knows what's going to happen, why would he do it? And he asks me, doesn't it seem evil? And I don't know what to say. <laughs> no, it's not evil. To have to allow the possibility of a bad decision, good only comes from having uh, the possibility of doing bad. So in this particular case, you're saying, don't do this. That doesn't create evil. What creates evil is somebody rejecting that truth or that admonition of don't do this. Um, that's like saying, you know, uh, if you're training somebody to a child uh, to do the right thing and you say, don't go into the middle of the street, you know, going into the middle of the street is could cause problems and the child rejects what you say and goes into the middle of the street and gets hit by a car that you created that. You created the possibility of that by creating the child and bringing them into the world. But the possibility and the actuality are two different things. So what your brother's trying to do is, uh, is uh, you know, kind of skirt the big issue, which is how can he say there's evil or right or wrong to begin with? Your brother has no place to stand as an atheist to say that anything is wrong, including what uh, took place in the garden, because where does he get his right and wrong from? Well, he says because um, he says, that, you know, in the Bible, it says that he's omniscient and all knowing. He says that uh, God knew that Adam was going to sin. So why would he bring sin into the world? Because allowing moral choice and option, even if people don't abide by it, is still better than not creating at all. Not creating at all, all right. doesn't have a moral value to it. Um, the absence of something doesn't doesn't make it better. It's not better to not have a child just because bad things might happen. That's morally insignificant. It doesn't have a value to it. So to not create is not better than to create and have people do wrong because there's still an end to this. God not only knows the beginning but knows the middle and the end as well. So your brother's walking out in the middle of the movie and not seeing the happy ending um, that you will receive and – and prayerfully, he will receive once he changes his mind. But he's missing the point that it's not just about what took place in the garden. It's about all of these options in between and the final destination, which is heaven. The Jesus Christ Show will return in a moment. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I'd love to hear from you if you have a question. 
877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Also, check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com, and follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show. Dan, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hey, good morning, Jesus. Hi. Uh, I was hoping I have a little difference of opinion with somebody, and I was hoping you could clarify a little bit for me. I'll do my best. Uh, it's about uh, when people passed on, mm-hmm. like in the past, say maybe a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a scripture that says, uh, "Absent from the Lord, or absent, absent from, from the, the body, body is to be present with the Lord." Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Uh-huh. And then at the time of the rapture, there's uh, verses that say. Uh, when he comes, the dead in Christ will rise first. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And then those who are alive and remain shall be caught up. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's what I'm trying to say is my opinion is that when people die, say, 100 years ago, they're in somewhat of a sleep state until the Lord comes on that great and wonderful day. And I believe we'll all meet him at the same moment in time which is the great wonderful day at the time of the rapture, where the person that I have that uh, disagreement with believes that someone that died 100 years ago is with him at this very moment. Oh, boy. Um, this is a, a, a tough one to untangle in the time that we have, but I want to point you in a couple of directions. You were talking about Second Corinthians uh, 5, uh, 8, to be absent, uh, Paul saying to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Also in uh, Hebrews... Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 says, And in as much as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes the judgment. Uh, another one that would point to the fact that it's immediate. Uh, and also the thief on the cross. If you remember the thief on the cross, I say today you will be with me in paradise. So uh, the conflict here and something for you to chew on and think about and continue in your studies because there is some controversy uh, surrounding the rapture and when it will take place, how it will take place, and what all of those things mean. Uh, I think it's a, it's imperative for you to take the time on your own to study these things as well. But understand that you're also dealing with, with something that kind of gets away from humans sometimes, and that is the, the concept of time. You're in, living in a time continuum, and you're experiencing certain things right now, and you have yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and that timeline, but that doesn't exist outside uh, in the realm of God. God is outside of time, not bound by time in that sense in the same way. So to try and transfer those two things that technically, if you want to get as technical as possible, everything that will happen has already happened in heaven. Yeah, that's a little weird, isn't it? So as far as rapture, any of these things already taking place when it comes to to God, because God's outside of time, sees everything as one big fat now. So it's not a, it's there's not a process to it in that sense. But Scripture does point to the immediacy of it. Now, there are some schools of thought that would uh, differentiate uh, depending if what they're called uh, if they're tripartite. Um, or bipartite uh, when you're dealing with um, whether the body is uh, a physical body 
and the spirit or the soul or whether it's uh, body, spirit and soul uh, that might be uh, experiencing different things at different times. So uh, just on the um, concept of spirit and soul being the same thing and the body being separate, that there are some that might argue that the body is what's asleep. The physical nature is what's uh, in the earth. However, the spirit immediately uh, goes to be at home with uh, the maker. And that's uh, one of the views as well. So that might be where you guys are parting and where you're having difficult understanding the difference between the physical body. Because if, if you remember, you're born twice. Uh, in my discussion with Nicodemus, when I'm talking about being born again, uh, what I'm referring to is that you're born first of water or of the flesh and a second of the spirit. So they're really seen as two different things. Uh, even in the garden, when I say you eat of this and you will surely die, it's dealing with your spiritual death, not a physical death. So maybe that's where you guys are splitting off a little bit and the understanding between what happens to the physical body while it lies in the earth awaiting for the resurrection versus the uh, the spiritual self, which goes to be with me. The Jesus Christ Show will return in a moment. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. years ago, he walked this earth, teaching, guiding, loving, and preparing to make the ultimate sacrifice. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whomever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. What if today you could talk to him, laugh with him? Cry with him, not only through prayer, but through the radio. You are listening to The Jesus Christ Show. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. And now, here's our host, Jesus Christ. Are you ready?
It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday, as I am with you every single Sunday right here, answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and, of course, the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question. Anywhere in the U.S. of A, dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. Paul, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hello, Jesus. Thanks Hi, for Paul. taking my call. My pleasure. And so I have a question. The, um, a previous caller asked about free will and about original sin. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. And I, I, if I could expand on the question, because I didn't quite understand the answer. Sure. Okay, so if God gives us free will, uh, well, actually, let me rephrase that. My question really ultimately is, do we have, is free will uh, something that we have give, been given by God? And the reason I ask is that the caller seems to have a problem with the idea that if God was given the option to sin, I'm sorry, if God gave Adam the option to sin, wouldn't God know that Adam would sin if God is omniscient, meaning if God knows all? So my question is, if God is omniscient, do we have free will? Uh, excellent. Uh, I understand, and I appreciate you trying to, you know, ferret out even more of the truth here. So uh, when it comes to it, it, almost the way it's posed is, is, is if God placed evil in the garden. That's not the case. By saying, giving anyone an admonition, this is what you should do, you automatically give them the option of doing what they ought not do. That's Correct. just the way That's just the way it's going to land uh, when you're dealing with uh, a truth. This is the truth, and there's going to be something that is false. That's the way it works. Okay. In the garden, when it comes to what they call predestination and free will, there, there's a battle of people's beliefs of saying, how can God know what's going to happen? Uh, and us still have free will. Uh, so think of it more, and this is a very crude analogy uh, for the sake of time, but think of it as if you, you walked into, you know, some, you know, Bill's House of Pies, and they have 30 pies that you can choose from. Yes. And you choose the pie you want. Right. That essentially this House of Pies determined your choices, all the choices that you had, but you still made a choice within those choices. Right. So the, the combination of the two. Now, when it comes to whether God knowing what you're going to decide, knowing how you're going to decide, negates free will, that doesn't make sense. It's the well, equivalent of, you know, Paul, you remember the, the old show, The Newlyweds? Sure. Newlywed Game? Yep. And they would, the, the gist of the game was essentially... Uh, how well do you know your partner? And they would leave stage, and you would answer questions for them the right. way you believed they were going to answer from knowing them so well. And if you got them right, then you were the winner of the game. Knowing the answer that the person, the other person is going to give does not take away the fact that they chose that, that that is their answer. That is what they will choose. Just because you know it doesn't negate the fact that they chose it any more than God having foreknowledge or knowing how you will choose in some way impedes the process of you choosing it. Can we go back to the pie analogy for a second? Absolutely. Okay. So you go into a house of pies, and there, there's an option of 30 pies. 
Mm-hmm. Um, now, I assume God knows which pie you're going to choose. Yes. Right? So he knows what your choices are, and he knows which pie you will have. So in a sense, you don't, you don't get to choose which pie you want, because God already knows which pie you're going to choose. You have the... You have no, 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 no. That goes back to the, to the last statement. Why does, it, why does it negate you having a choice because God knows what you're going to choose? Okay. By definition, God knows what you're choosing because you're choosing it. He knows what you're choosing as you choose it because it's the only one you could choose? or No, because, because you chose it. Now, God has the foreknowledge of what you chose. Imagine watching a videotape of you making a free choice, right. and somebody, gets, somebody somehow is able to watch that videotape prior to you doing it. Does that mean you didn't have the choice because they knew it before you did it? It doesn't. God is – it's somehow anthropomorphic, like tying in human understanding of foreknowledge. The right. foreknowledge means that somehow they they implied it or forced it to happen. That's not the same with God. God sees everything as one big now, so really you're doing it. God sees you doing it before you're doing it because he's outside of time, not because he's forced the outcome. And that – causes confusion, and people keep thinking that somehow, since God knew beforehand, that God manipulated it. And okay, that, That's very interesting. But did God give you all the possibilities? Did he create your possibilities? Well, all possibilities, possibilities, yes. All possibilities are created by God, with the exception of evil really is a choice to reject the, the good possibilities. So that's uh, a secondary. It's like the, if we stick with the pie analogy just because, well, let's face it, it's fun and it's pies. So if you're talking about pies and you say, well, there's 30 pies— and you get to choose which pie you want, but instead you bash your head through the the uh, sneeze guard, the glass sneeze guard for the pies instead of eating a pie. That would be the evil choice. That God <laughs> exactly. That has nothing to do with the good choices. It has to do with your choice to do whatever you want. And in this case, you could hold up the pie joint or you can bash your head through there or you can, uh, knowing you're allergic to a certain type of pie, eat that pie anyways or any of these options. And that becomes that becomes outside of the will of God and becomes your free will and not an option that God created uh, uh, in the sense of the pies, but an option God created by creating you as a free will creature. Great. Final clarifying question. Okay. Okay, so on the spectrum of all possibilities, there are all the godly possibilities, and then at some point there's a delineator, and then there are all the evil possibilities. Yes, which is just countering anything that is of God. It's just taking an option that when is there's not a gray, When there's a gray area and you don't know which way to go, do you just wait? When you have, what if you're forced to make a decision, you have to make a decision, and you don't want to make an ungodly decision, but you don't know what the godly decision is? What do you do at that point? Well, you make the best decision with the information you have at hand. And that way it's not about – see, you're not going to know everything all the time. There's going to be some times where, one, it's either completely gray – um, uh, for instance, whether you eat a cheese sandwich or a PB&J with the, with the crust cut off. Now, there's no moral equivalent for either of those. It just is a choice. It's a choice based on uh, tastes, flavors, those types of things. Now, if you have some issue with peanut butter, you're allergic to peanut butter or something, that it might be a sin for you to eat the peanut butter jelly sandwich. But otherwise, they're they're morally equivalent to eat either, depending on how healthy you are, and how your body reacts to these things. So it's really making just a simple choice. I want to wear blue instead of red. Uh, it, 
in larger issues, you're looking at the moral ramifications of it. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A choice that can be many. Uh, if you're taking a new job, does it move you away from your family? Is it just about money and you're going to be getting more money? Does it shake up the stability of your family life? Does it take you away from your securities? These, these are all things that you take into the equation. But if they're not there... If it's just really I want to wear blue versus red, then make the choice. And there's no consequence to you wearing blue or red. Well, I'm you know? thinking like you're talking about. I'm thinking about the bigger important things because the sandwiches, I agree, they're most, unless they're extenuating circumstances, it doesn't matter what sandwich you eat. But the, the questions where morality does come into play. And well, then you'll know. The issues are so complex that, that you know, there are pros and cons on either side. Honestly, so, though, Paul, don't you eat, most of the time you know. There's in Scripture, it says God is not a God of confusion and confusion really is. This is the truth about uh, confusion. Confusion usually is knowing what you should do and not wanting to do it. So you get confused and people start throwing in all the options. But you will know there is it's it's much clearer than most people make it. And if it's not that clear, then there isn't moral ramifications because a moral ramification, if it plays a part in the decision, will show its face in a way that you'll look to decide. If it doesn't, if there is no moral ramifications, there wouldn't be the confusion, and it's just merely choice. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, this might affect somebody. Well, if it, if it might affect somebody, you would know that is on the table as one of the pros or cons of the situation, and therefore, n- knowing that something has moral ramifications means that it's got a face and a name or something to make a decision, and if it doesn't, then it probably lands in the other category like the, the sandwich choice. The Jesus Christ Show will return in a moment. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. They say everything can be replaced. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday right here. Answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life. And of course, the afterlife. 
I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question. Anywhere in the U.S. of A, dial 877-HOLY-HOST. Numerically, that's 877-465-9467. Also, check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com. There's all kinds of information there, as well as that blue-gray box with the link underneath it. Should you want more of the show during the week, that's the way to get it. You just click on that link to find out more information about our Archive Club, and it should answer every question there. And you can follow us on Twitter during the week and during the show at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. Mary, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hello, Jesus. Hi, Mary. Um, My grandson has had a very difficult life, and particularly he's had some difficulties in the last few years, and I encouraged him to uh, accept Christ, which I had done, um, you know, I, I... with people, with I called the church people, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, accepted Christ uh, when I was older, also uh, because of we've all the difficulties we've had. Um, but what what I want to f- know is, he's told me that he accepted Christ, but I think he was by himself, mm-hmm. um, you know, just down by the river or something like that, and and mm-hmm. I, I from what I know, I I thought you know because I called the church people. You know, to to uh, accept Christ, that sure. you, you you needed to confess, you know, to someone else too. Well, he he kind of did by telling you. Uh, scripture, as far I know that structurally, even though he wrote he wrote that in a letter to me, that would be acceptable. Sure, if he continues to profess it, and you'll see fruits of it. It says in Scripture in in Romans chapter ten verse nine that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So, really... Well, I, was, I was his witness, and he wrote in, because he wrote in the letter. Yeah, and for it says goes on in verse 10, For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, revo- resulting in salvation. So, yes, mm-hmm. it, in the best-case scenario, to be around people that love you and know you and uh, can guide you through the process of saying what people refer to as the sinner's prayer, which is really that moment of understanding that. Well, that I, did, yeah, I did send him a little booklet about that. Excellent. That had the prayers in it, yeah. Excellent. Well, that's why he wrote to me because uh, he said what that, next? Right about the same time that he received that booklet. You know that it's a a serenity type booklet mm-hmm. uh, that I had ordered, and uh, that he he told me that he had done it before. But I, I you know. Well, excellent. Well, then he at least has the guide that you sent him, and he's looking at it saying, okay, uh, th- this matches up. This mm-hmm. is what I did. There's there's nothing wrong with somebody having that epiphany by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what if they were in a situation where they weren't around people? What if they were dying? What if they were any of these things? Heaven forbid. But if those were things that were taking place, do you think God wouldn't honor it because he wasn't around a multitude of people? Um, I you know, that doesn't make sense. I, yeah, I think that's extenuating circumstances. Yes, but in this yeah. case, he happened to be alone. Mm-hmm. And as long as he's professing it and it's he's making it real and a part of his life, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. There's so no... he doesn't... I have, I've encouraged him to go talk to a minister because Absolutely. he has a lot of anger. Uh, you know, I thought that would be helpful for him to express that. No, but, you're you're absolutely right, and that's part of his growth as a as a new believer and as a young Christian. But if you're asking if... 
you know, it doesn't it doesn't take if you're by yourself. That's not the case. But part of the process is to profess with your mouth and believe in your heart and profess with your mouth and confess with your mouth. And that sounds like he's in the process of doing all those things. And, uh, you know, uh, hopefully he'll go down the path of getting baptized as uh, soon as well. The Jesus Christ Show will return in a moment. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST. It is the Jesus Christ Show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Always so much better when you two are here as I am with you every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. Of course, I'm your holy host. If you have a question, a theology question or a life situation question, I'd love to hear from you. Anywhere in the U.S. of A, dial 877-HOLY-HOST, or numerically, that's 877-465-9467. You can also check out our website, thejesuschristshow.com, thejesuschristshow.com, uh, and uh, follow us on Twitter at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. Andrew, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hello, Jesus. Thank Hi. you so much for saving me and shepherding me through this life. It was my total pleasure. <laughs> I, I have a question uh, about local church structure. Mm-hmm. I belong to a small church. We have under 50 adults, mm-hmm. and we have five uh, pastors or five elders mm-hmm. and a few deacons. Uh, but we, what we do not have, though, is one senior pastor, uh, one mm. you know, lead elder, and I understand, you know, we're trying to do something, you know, non-traditional, but I'm wondering if that's a tradition we might want to hold on to, because it doesn't seem, at least from my perspective, that there's no real uh, kind of the buck stops here type of accountability where you have a senior pastor. 
I wanted to see how you felt about that. I wanted to say also that I understand the new, uh, it, at least that could be a New Testament model for multiple elders, but it seems in Revelation that uh, you are addressing the stars of those seven churches, are the, are the pastors of seven churches, and I just wanted to get your feedback on that. Do you think it's wise not to have a senior pastor? Uh, I, I, and I think that the combination of the scriptures you use, both in Revelation and uh you know, if you go through Timothy, First Timothy, yeah. and going yeah. through the structure of the church. But um, my curiosity lies in if you're changing tradition for the sake of cha- changing tradition, I kind of raise an eyebrow. If mm. if there's a purpose to it, great. However, no, there isn't going to be head accountability. Sooner or later, somebody's going to rise to that position naturally because there's going to be a need. Mm. There's going, you know, so to try and break the system, it sounds like you're looking for a way uh, maybe to, uh, you know, squelch egos by having yeah. everybody lift a, a portion of it. And I think that that's very healthy and uh, an interesting way of looking at it. However, without a senior pastor, the, um, there isn't anyone truly directing the ship. You can say that I am, and righteously that should be uh, in yeah. any church. But they're very pious, right? You are the you're the chief shepherd. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> However, there should be somebody that is receiving that direction and uh, the captain of the ship. So I'm a little curious: is is it that nobody wants to take that kind of accountability? No, in fact, you're right on point. Um, in your infinite uh, knowledge, you know that uh, basically what we're trying to do is uh, squelch, uh, you know, egos and any you know personality driven. Uh, church, you know, we understand uh, that you know much of the attraction to a local church is driven by you know the pulpit ministry, by the pastor, by the senior lead teaching pastor, and I think this church has been burned uh, in the past mm. by men who have you know misshepherded, if there's a, if okay. I can coin that term, sure. and and um yes, in fact, you know, I'm speaking. It it sounds like I'm speaking for selfish reasons because I am one of the elders. And I proposed just that. I proposed that since I was doing much of the teaching, probably 80, 80%, 90% of the teaching for about an eight-month period, and I was getting in the groove and getting in the, you know, the systematic uh, week-to-week preparation of sermons, uh, much, many of the people there just assumed that I was the lead pastor, but now what they're doing is they want to rotate uh, between the five of us, actually more between three of us, to share the teaching responsibilities. And where I do understand, you know, on the one hand, you don't want to have, you, you do want to keep egos in check and whatnot, but I think the problem, though, is you don't have that consistent uh, diet from that one voice, that one person who basically casts the vision for the church. Sure. And so I was rebuffed when I when I suggested that, that I be the lead teacher, the lead pastor. Uh, it, you know, we have five people. Uh, you know, there was one vote for, four against, and that's how that's how we. Okay, well, you, and you have to respect that because that's uh, yeah. the leader should be chosen. Now, right. it seemed like you were naturally so. Now you, you know, rightly so, you're going to have your feelings tied into this too, and like, hey, uh, you know, yeah, I, was, I was doing I a lot of lifting, that. and and right. I and I and I feel led to do that kind of lifting. So, uh, the what I think is going to happen if this is forced on, if it's not a natural path, what's going to happen is someone's always going to be uh, rising to the top in those in different categories, whether it be teaching or uh, leadership or counseling or whatever it might be. And they're going to continue to vote for against one for. 
Um, right. It's going to continue to be down in that process, and and that is a problem just as much as I want you, and it sounds like you are, to check yourself when it comes to those things and make sure that your feelings uh, uh, right. aren't just hurt. Um, but in the big picture, they should vote you in. They should decide. If this is a church body that's decided, hey, we don't want a lead pastor, you're not going to find that particular structure in uh, in in Scripture. The, the, it's important to have a leader. It's important to have someone accountable. It doesn't mean that you're not—the the early church was accountable to all to the apostles uh, that continued to write uh, letters. That's where you get, you know, uh, Corinthians and Ephesians and all these these uh, letters that were written mm-hmm. um, saying, hey, you're, you're going astray in your church. Focus it mm-hmm. up a bit. But someone needs to receive that letter and someone needs to be accountable to it. And it sounds like this structure sooner or later is going to show itself to to not be the best situation. But you're not going to be able to to be the one to shepherd it there because you're always going to be tainted and viewed as the one who didn't get it. Therefore, so it's going to be difficult. It might be time for you to uh, part ways and maybe find a church that uh, is going to recognize your leadership skills or your ability to teach. I agree with you, the consistent message, although it's nice to have a variety every now and yeah. then to bring in right. a guest speaker or somebody who does heart issues uh, one way or somebody who's more on the apologetic front that can right. really tackle the defense of the faith and then somebody who deals with the mechanics of um, integrating Scripture into your life. And yeah. all these things are wonderful. But if you feel led to, to, to preach and to teach, you've got to find a, a church that's going to recognize that and want mm. to nurture that. Um, this may not be the place currently. And well, you, uh, you, you said, interesting. I know we, I, we're short on time, but what you said that was interesting a moment ago. You said, well, if the church body has decided that this is the type of leadership uh, that they want with the multiple pastors and the multiple teachers, uh, the, the fact is that the church body hasn't necessarily decided that uh, the the, uh, the elders have. And even though... Uh, in the forefront, of course, the the teaching minister, the teaching pastor, is the most visible, obviously. Sure. But behind the scenes, it seems as though there's there's one or two people who basically lead in a more, you know, uh, covert fashion. It's just that they don't have that title, lead pastor, senior pastor, or, mm. or whatnot. Uh, so yeah, I I maybe I might have been trying to force the issue earlier. And sure, uh, there's something to be said about leadership being more organic and just letting it happen. But it's frustrating to me uh, when when we see when I belong to a small church and we're having the type of problems that we don't have time to go into now here. That I think that were there a senior pastor, one person to be accountable for the you know for the health of the whole body, a lot of those problems would be eliminated. So, yeah, I, there, there's it's hard to part ways with a church where you've been so connected. And there's so many people there that you've loved and are, are you know fellowshipping. You with kind of people. honor the fact that indirectly the church has decided by yeah. letting these four people or five people go right. you know uh, be raised up. So it's it's kind of a, a strange dilemma, and you don't want to wrestle with it too much because it's going to make you. You know, be the, you're going to be the standout, and everybody's going to be saying, "Oh, well, he's just mad about X, Y, and Z." But um, ultimately, Andrew, um, you go to them and say, "You know, I res- I absolutely respect uh, your decisions. Uh, um, I-, I was hoping that that we could uh, move forward, and now the decision of not having a lead pastor 
seems um, a little ambiguous, and that's what I was concerned about. And if my pride or my ego or anything got in the way, I apologize. And um, if it doesn't feel that you're led there, then then you move on. The big picture thing here, and I want to make this clear, is I'm not a fan of people saying, you know, I've been bitten by a bad pastor or a bad relationship. Well, if if you do that, then you, you're really – you're really giving into the problem rather than solving it because the problem's in your decision making. So if this group, if this church can't decide on a good pastor, then there's problems. It's not about, well, then let's just restructure and not have a, a true pastor because then you're not truly being led. And it sounds like you're letting the problem lead uh, or the symptom lead the situation rather than the true problem or the root of the problem. And I was, I'm hoping that you can uh, get to that rather the meat of the situation rather than just you know skating by it by trying to avoid the elephant in the middle of the room. Mike, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hello, Jesus. Hi, Mike. Um, I would like to know where God. I mean, where the devil comes from. Um, you mentioned earlier that God doesn't create evil, and I don't really believe that He does either. But um, I was raised Catholic. And in the Bible that they use, they taught us that God created the angels before mm-hmm. he created heaven and earth, and that this one angel named Lucifer or whatever and some yes. other guys leave <laughs> yes. or are thrown out of the kingdom of heaven. Uh-huh. Now, I don't understand, if that's the case, why anybody would leave heaven if that's where we're all headed for, and that's the perfect state or, the you know what I mean, the perfect yes. place to be. Well, you're dealing, would... you're dealing with angels, and angels, it's believed, have similar makeup as humans in the sense that they have intellect, will, and emotion. Uh, the difference is that angels, every decision they will make, every like bit of knowledge they'll have to make a decision is with them at the moment of their creation, whereas humans kind of fill up throughout their life. You get new information, therefore you can even fall away from, from God and then come back to God. Angels cannot. So... Having said that, when you're dealing with Isaiah 14, 12 through 15 and the story of Lucifer falling from heaven, you know, the story where he says, and I will ascend to the Most High, and he's essentially getting prideful and is tossed out of heaven, that's not God creating evil because God created uh, uh, Lucifer, which is an angel of light. The devil or the adversary or Satan is created by himself when he rejects the will or the truth of God and then leaves heaven, never to return to heaven because, like I said, angels have the total sum uh, accumulative knowledge they'll ever have, whereas humans continue to accumulate knowledge throughout their life. So uh, when Lucifer rejects God and falls from heaven, then that creates evil. God did not create evil. God created the possibility of evil by creating good with free will. Good with free will has the choice to be bad. So even an angel has the choice to reject God's will, but only once. And once that decision was made, no other angels will reject because now they know that knowledge. And those that did reject and fell away with uh, Lucifer are condemned the same way that Lucifer is. The Jesus Christ Show will return in a moment. To be a part of the show, call 877-HOLY-HOST.
I want to let his praises swell. Jesus gave me water. Jesus gave me water. Jesus gave me water. And it was not where there was a woman from Samaria. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Boy, the program goes by quickly every single week, doesn't it? Let's see if we can't squeeze in one more quick question here. Chris, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Hello, Jesus. Hello, Chris. Jesus, all my life I've been raised, I'm in my mid-40s now, to where keeping the commandment of keeping holy the Lord's Day meant for me to go to church Mm -hmm. on every Sunday, or a Mass, or a church service. For some reason, I don't know why, I guess I have to explore it further, but that's no longer cutting it. I'm looking for alternative ways of keeping holy the Lord's Day, other than just showing up for an hour or two, singing the songs, reciting the prayers that I can do, you know, backwards or in my sleep. I guess what I'm asking for, what are some other great ways of keeping holy the Lord's Day? Wow, there are many, and they're not mutually exclusive, but I, I can't help, you're kind of jumping in, and as always, we're up against the clock, but you're kind of jumping in and, and making me push aside this huge portion, which is why, I mean, I understand the way you say it, it's routine, yeah. but why why would you forsake this? Why would you forsake that, that opportunity? Because Scripture itself doesn't give you the opportunity. I mean, uh, Hebrews 10, uh, verse 25 says, Do not forsake uh, our own assembly together, as is the habit to some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. It really talks about, and even before that in verse 24, says, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, and then talks about this taking place during the gathering of the brethren or the assembly. Uh, and this is a, uh, you know, supposed to be a beautiful thing. I get it's not always fun. I get that it can become routine, but... Why wouldn't you just change churches then or look inwardly to see what's going on with you rather than to reject the gathering of the brethren, which is there's no, there is no, nothing that simulates that or truly can replace that. I mean, people call about this program all the time and say, I don't go to church, I listen to this program, and I say, stop, this program will not substitute for church. You need to be gathering, you need to get out there, and if you were an invalid— and you couldn't go to church, then that might be a different story. But I, I, I'm saddened to hear that you you just don't want to go to church because you don't want to go to church. Well, maybe it's because, I, like you suggested, I need to find another church. I have been looking and periodically going to other churches, but it, it all seems the same routine. And I'm thinking, sure. like, if you read a book every day for—if I went to church every day, I'm mid-40s now— you know the book backwards, and it would not be as exciting as the first time you went. Well, that's what I'm up against now. I'm going okay. there, Understood. and it's the same old, same old, and it's there's no uh, doesn't seem to be any any fulfillment when I leave. I walk away thinking, what am I doing today? What's my grocery grocery list grocery yeah. list like? And I'm not thinking, uh, my mind's not there. Okay, but you you play a part in it too. Let's be fair, and and there's there's uh, thousands of people listening uh, right now that are not in their head in agreement with you. Let's hope it's not everybody, but let's say thousands. Uh, that are in agreement, that understand that. You know, my producer, Neil, is one of them. He gets frustrated and has a hard time going to church. But the important thing is that you look at your uh, how you participate in it because that you can change, that you can actually affect. So 
Um, here's a couple things I want you to do. When you go to church next time, I don't want you just to sing the words. I want you to look around at the people. I want you to experience what they're experiencing. I want you to hear each word. When they're reading a scripture, I want you to read along, but I want you to, to ask yourself, what part of this don't I know? Because you don't know it all. You don't. You, you think you do, and it's become, uh, you know, from rote, you, it's just memory, and you just kind of blurt it out, but you're not experiencing it the same way, and that's that's on you. And this is in any relationship. This is when you're uh, a man and a woman are together. If you're married, you have to continue to bring new things into the relationship. Everything living eats, sleeps, and gives waste. And that's your relationship with God as well. You have to eat. You have to consume new stuff. You have to rest so that you can digest it all. And then you have to get way, give waste. Get rid of the stuff that doesn't work for you anymore and move on. Remember, we're out of time. More importantly than all of this, I'm with you always. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. 18- 